Welcome to Sage Insights, your go-to podcast for all things digital marketing, with your hosts, Alex and Michael, giving you unbiased and actionable insights that you can apply to your business that are straightforward and strategic. Improve your marketing strategy with what is actually working today. Enjoy. Hey everyone, Alex and Mike here with Sage Insights, here today to talk to you about seven projects that you should absolutely outsource for your WooCommerce store. Mike, how are you? Doing well, how are you? Another day in paradise. Another day indeed. So we're here today to talk about seven items specific to projects that should be outsourced for your WooCommerce store. Let's start with number one, configuration, right? We're going to set up our WooCommerce store. We're going to configure it. Let's talk about that. One of the things that makes WooCommerce so appealing to many businesses getting either online or moving from another platform is one, the ability for how open of a canvas it is, also known as open source. There's many integrations, many plugins. And if there's not some sort of customization that you want, it can be built specifically for your needs. So it's a very open slate and it makes it very appealing to get started with WooCommerce. I agree with you totally. It's very easy. I feel that the uh, interface is improving and improving on an ongoing basis. It's uh, very, very well developed and I'm a big fan. You don't actually have to build your actual shopping cart. The shopping cart is there and you sort of build upon the layers of it. Yes, and it makes it pretty simple and straightforward in order to do. You're not building some very difficult e-commerce functionality. It's all there for you. You're simply plugging in your categories, your tags, your individual products, and making sure that uh, it is configured in the way that you want. What about moving to WooCommerce? Let's talk about that as a second item. If somebody has a store elsewhere, a Yahoo store or some other who knows where, Shopify, what about the process of moving to WooCommerce? The important part is to be organized from the start and to know what the end goal needs to look like. Now, as far as moving from platforms, most platforms will allow you to export your data. It can come in various configurations. Typically, you you want something that's going to look like a CSV or an Excel sheet. From there, either yourself or a developer will go in and clean up the data. They'll import the items that are relevant and they're not going to fill up your space with excess data that would not be used. So typically you'd want to import your past customers, their email addresses, phone numbers, possibly the products that they've ordered in the past, where they were acquired from, if you have that information, sales reps, commission, etc. But you're really going to want to import the core information. That way you can start to reference it in the future. It seems to me that overall... Creating a WooCommerce account is very simple. It's applied on the WordPress dashboard. It is a relatively straightforward process. So you started to talk about data import. I'd like to make a couple of comments on that and actually tell you a little story. I recently did an import of just shy of about 4,000 products from a Yahoo store. Didn't have the ability to export via CSV in this particular situation like you were talking about. But interesting, I found a very reputable source. It was inexpensive and the data import probably took me no more than a couple of hours to do. And again, for 4,000 products coming from a Yahoo store, imagine having to individually create that. That would have been a total nightmare. There is one thing when it comes to importing products where you want to pay specific attention is how the data comes out of an old system if you're migrating versus if you're just doing a straight new import of products. So if you export products, your images should have title tags and alt tags. And all of that data should be available if you're on a different platform. And that's some of the data that you're going to want to make sure that you import into your new 
platform. Certainly would be a shame to lose all of that data in the process. I guess worst scenario, it's something that can be re-added if necessary. But yes, shame to not have it done properly the first time. Absolutely. What about analytics? Can you talk to us about analytics? Configuring your analytics is something that you want to get started with at the forefront. That way, when you start testing out your shopping cart and people start purchasing, you're getting the correct data coming in. One of the big advantages of migrating to a platform is you almost get that sort of clean slate. Now, depending on how many people have worked on your site over time or have not worked on it, it would really depend on on what tracking is available. Now, oftentimes, if your site's had multiple turnovers, people will have added analytics tracking or removed it. This way, at least you know exactly where your tag's firing. Now, very often, if sites have been mismanaged or not managed, it's not uncommon to see two or three analytics tags firing. It would not also be uncommon to see that when a specific pages load, there could be tags or analytics being sent to your data source saying that there's multiple page views because there's multiple tags firing. In a very high-level way of, of looking at it, when a page is loaded, a little piece of data is sent to analytics saying, okay, one person opened this page. Now, if that tag were to be on your site and just duplicated two or three times, it's possible that every time a page loads, it could be saying that there's three visitors. And where this becomes problematic is when you start looking at your conversion rate or you start looking at your page views or you start looking at where to optimize, you could see inflated data leading to incorrect decisions. You certainly want to make sure that your analytics is set up correctly. You want to make sure that you're tracking your conversions correctly. You want to make sure that at the end, when someone does complete a purchase, that your remarketing tags also are telling Google Analytics, okay, this person's purchased. Let's not continue to show them ads anymore because they've already completed the goal. So all of these things are very important and you certainly want to make sure you get it set up ahead of time before the site's live so you know that the data is clean. Because if you start loading the site and you start seeing you're still getting page views and you're on a a development environment, you're going to have to really step back and see, okay, why am I getting this data when no one's actually looking at the page? Mike, essentially, I think that if somebody is not an expert in this particular subject, it should definitely be outsourced to a reputable firm to ensure that all of the issues that you outlined do not occur. It's not rocket science, but at the end of the day, if you don't know exactly what you're doing with Google Analytics, at least the the core data part, assuming you're a business looking to make data-driven decisions, then you certainly want to make sure it's outsourced. Now, if you don't care about data and you're making decisions just based on personal opinions, then maybe analytics wouldn't play as much value. But if you actually want to get in the weeds and be able to look at your data so you can make decisions for the future on how users interact with your site and how they behave and where to apply marketing dollars and what's working and what's not working, then you certainly want to make sure that your analytics is configured correctly. One more thing to add onto the analytics. Typically, when we refer to analytics, we're only talking about Google Analytics. However, there's also Facebook Analytics, which is a separate third-party pixel that will give us other types of data that we can't necessarily get through Google Analytics. And where this really excels is when you want to see uh, between cross-device. For example, if someone is viewing on mobile and then they go to desktop, sometimes there can be discrepancies about, is that the same user? With Facebook, most likely, the person's logged into Facebook or Instagram or WhatsApp on their cell phone. And then when they go to your site on a desktop, most likely they're logged in somewhere between one of those platforms. And Facebook Analytics will help connect the users to show it as uh, one user versus two. What about from a content marketing and search engine optimization perspective? Let's talk about why that should be done 
absolutely correctly and outsource to a firm that uh, can capably handle it. Depends on what stage of the business you're at. If you don't really have a business and you're just getting it off the ground, there's aspects of it that you could probably handle yourself. However, if you actually have a business and you're focused on growing your business, having someone who specializes in content marketing, who knows what to look for, who knows how to find the low-hanging fruit and can find the right type of backlinks you want and can really sort of pinpoint on what you have good opportunity at ranking for, then that time alone, not only the research, but having not to, to pay for the tool set or not to know how to determine which subject to build content upon is something that you certainly want to outsource. It's a time-consuming process. There are tools, but at the end of the day, there's not really shortcuts for it. I think that when it comes to search optimizations in general, it's a quagmire of sorts. You don't want to get involved with the wrong group. In many times, somebody that says they know SEO could potentially be doing damage as well. It's really important to have the right group with testimonials, with case studies about what they've worked on and how they've worked on it. I think those are important points to take into consideration. And with respect to content, I mean, I think that content is just a cornerstone issue when it comes to SEO and showing up locally. It's about creating a plan, doing the research, as you said, and implementing a calendar of sorts of how are we going to push out content based on the, let's say, master list of keywords that we are focusing on and trying to rank for. Right. At the end of the day, when you're doing content, you're doing it for a purpose. Obviously, it's to provide value to your audience, which is something that you can have as a business owner, a lot of input onto the type of value that your customers are looking for. However, when you're looking to get content and be able to market it and optimize it for Google, you have to write it in such a way that Google knows how to read it very easily. And that's where a professional will be able to help excel your content marketing efforts. In general, this is not something where you snap your fingers and you make some kind of edit to the site. It doesn't matter how skilled somebody is. This is a long-term view. It should be considered in my personal opinion, should be considered a percentage of the overall marketing strategy, not the entire marketing strategy as a whole, with the long view, with the idea that this is a time-intensive process that is not happening overnight. Absolutely. Let's talk about something that is happening overnight, and it's paid search. So let's talk about how one can outsource the management of paid search specifically to an e-commerce platform like WooCommerce. Building off of the analytics, you want to make sure that you have someone who knows how to properly configure your conversion tracking, not from your e-commerce standpoint, but from Google ads or Facebook ads from the platform side, because you want to be able to see, are your marketing efforts working? If you're getting sales from many different channels, you have referrals, word of mouth, people are finding you online, you're running ads. How do you know exactly what's excelling and what's not? It's a very common practice that your people are spending thousands of dollars on Google ads and they have no idea, is it actually turning a profit? In many cases, if it's not turning a profit, they'd be better off saving the money and not applying it. However, with proper management, you would certainly be able to easily be able to pinpoint where your returns are at. That's just the conversion tracking. Now, as far as managing the ads, having someone who understands how to set up the proper campaign structure or how to build out your data feed. So with WooCommerce, you will start off with a data feed, which is an export of all your products in real time sent directly to Google. Now, this is formatted slightly different than a Excel sheet, but it's along the similar lines. And understanding how to optimize your data feed for Google will determine whether Google shows your product when someone types in a, a non-branded search. Means if someone's not looking for your company or your, the name of your company, for example, if I go to Google and I type in 65-inch flat screen TV, it's not brand specific, but it's item specific. 
how is Google going to decide what 65-inch TVs it's going to show to me? It's obviously built off its algorithm. It knows approximately what my budget might be based on some of my other searches. And it takes uh, hundreds of factors into it. But ultimately, it's going to show me an item based on someone's product feed. Paid search, very similar to content marketing. It's not rocket science, but you certainly want to have someone who has the expertise, who knows how to make the efficient use. No matter how you figure it, it's going to take hours from someone who knows how to do it and how to do it well. That's just the foundation of paid search. But when you start looking into the Google ad platform, understanding the type of campaigns to choose from, there's many different campaigns with different goals. Same for the Facebook and Instagram ad platform. Understanding how to set up your bids because when you're, show, when you're trying to sell a product, if you're bidding the same amount for someone who's been to your site four times versus someone who's been to your site one time, it's a very different customer. And along not only how much you're spending to acquire that customer, but the type of messaging you're showing to that person should be very different. And having someone who understands when you get someone into your funnel at a high level because they're looking for a specific product, but over two or three days, they haven't bought, assuming it's not a high ticket item, you're going to want to show them things that are going to reinforce their willingness to purchase. If you have a proper ad campaign set up and a proper structure, someone who is not interested in your product should not be randomly finding your product. Assuming that it's set up correctly, assuming the right person came to your website and they did not purchase at that time, maybe they weren't ready, maybe they were waiting, maybe they got sidetracked. At that point, understanding how to show them an ad on Facebook or Instagram, maybe uh, not showing them the same product, but showing them the use of it, of how uh, of a feature or a testimonial from a previous customer, all those things will play into making sure you're able to maximize your investment. We talked about configuring your store, moving over to WooCommerce with data import, et cetera, looking into analytics, content, search engine optimization, paid search. What about email marketing? Let's talk about how email marketing specifically can be outsourced when it comes to your WooCommerce store. Email marketing, similar to paid search or setting up analytics, there's a way to set it up and a way to get people into your funnels. And when someone comes to your site, being able to properly set up an abandoned cart or a welcome series or a specific targeted email or a flow based on user activities are all things that are available. And they're relatively inexpensive and they're very effective. But again, you have to have it set up correctly. You don't want to be sending someone a 15% off coupon if they just purchased two hours previously. That's going to open up uh, customer service returns. They're going to want to know why didn't they get a good deal. And then you're going to train people that all they have to do is add an item to the cart and wait. And uh, then they'll end up getting some sort of coupon. It reminds me of something you've said on a previous podcast that I think on their thank you for order page, it already had the instructions for returns. Right. You want to make sure that you have the proper emails going out to the right person at the right time. Email marketing should account anywhere from 8 to about 15% of your total revenue, assuming it's done correctly. That's just an average. It can often account for 30 to 60% of revenue, depending on the type of campaigns. But understanding how to send a campaign for a subscription to someone who's bought three times can often convert them into monthly reoccurring revenue. But you want to make sure you're sending the right message to the right person at the right time. You want to make sure you're not sending too many messages. And all of this can be set up with uh, conditional logic in the back end of most email platforms. Understanding who your customer is, what type of emails you should send to them. If they bought whatever, this a blue widget, maybe they need a green widget to accompany that. And understanding that the person just bought, they're not going to feel any uh, more excited than the time that they just purchased. 
strategically, you can send them a follow-up email, add this item to your cart for X dollars, or here's how this can also help your purchase. Now, from an operation standpoint, potentially you can bundle both items into the same box before you ship it and uh, save money there. That's, uh, again, very high level. And obviously, it depends on the actual e-commerce business operation. Understanding what to send to someone, how to sort of boost sales, whether it's an initial purchase or it's a follow-up purchase, or it's just to engage with your customers, product releases. There's a lot of things you can do with email. But under no condition should you take an entire list of all your people and be sending them the exact same email. Those days are long gone. Seems that there's just so much opportunity in email marketing. I think it's oftentimes forgotten. Businesses forget about their most, uh, I think, valuable assets, and that's their current paying customers. And uh, they're left. There's too much attention focused on new, 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 without uh, marketing to the people that have already shown to uh, to be buyers of your product or service. Absolutely. Well, Mike, I really enjoyed the chat. I hope that these seven projects for outsourcing your WooCommerce store were informative and interesting to our audience. And we will have much more in the not-too-distant future. Thanks so much for joining us and for listening. 